Talk. Welcome to the number one ranked show. I am your host, RJ Young. Thank you for watching on the Fox Sports app, YouTube, or listening wherever you get your podcast. Today on the show, we're going to have fun. We're going to go through my Mount Rushmore of college football coaches in our special We Outcha segment, which has got some really snazzy animation. We're going to go through some of the best movie, TV, football jerseys of all time, and we're going to draft fantasy movie TV football characters. Myself, producer Tyler, we're going to go through that. But I want to get started by telling you who I would put on college football's Mount Rushmore. And then I'm going to bring in producer Cat because I want to hear what you thought as I asked this question. Man, it might have been six weeks or two months ago, but we got some great responses. But I'm just going to get us started here. I wrote about Lewis Hamilton for Fox Sports last month in the month of May. It's one of my favorite pieces, like 4,000 words. Please go read it if you have time. There's a bit about me in there. But this had me thinking about the greatest athlete of all time, the greatest coaches of all time. I genuinely believe that Lewis Hamilton is the greatest athlete of all time, and I could really back that up. But who would I put on an F1 Mount Rushmore became who would I put on a college football Mount Rushmore? So I'm going to go through all four because there are only four spots. There are no tiers to Rushmore. There's only one mountain. That's how that works. Okay. So first, I got Eddie Robinson. Okay? So. Eddie Robinson is black college football, period. Like, I can make a great argument for Jake Gaither as well. I can make another one for, my goodness. I could keep going about black college football forever, quite honestly, but I'm not going to because when you think about who did what and longevity, it's really difficult to make college football history without Eddie Robinson. Matter of fact, one of my favorite quotes about the way that black college football was being played before integration was that. They were doing it behind God's back, which is great because there's so many great players that you just don't know about because there was no TV or print in some of these areas or the only areas that they were being covered were being covered by black newspapers. But Eddie Robinson coached at Grambling from about 1941 to about the mid 90s, early 2000s really is what I think of as growing up to know what it is to be a Grambling Tiger is to also know what it means to play black college football. His record is ridiculous. Like he has the things that he was able to accomplish throughout his life and the things that he had seen throughout his life, I, I dare say we'll never see again. But the one that really resonates for me is when they give away the Coach of the Year award, it bears his name. Okay. So every time you hear of a National Coach of the Year for the Football Writers Association, it bears Eddie Robinson's name, or as some folks just simply called him Rob. Next one for me was Nick Saban. Uh, it's really difficult to talk about college football the last 25 years without mentioning Nick Saban and what he's been, not just at Alabama, but LSU, Michigan State, on down the line, starting out as defensive back, coming out of a small town in West Virginia where he worked for his dad at his gas station and made good on that. Uh, I also can't really think of a more dominant college football coach ever, honestly. Then there's Barry Switzer for me, because the king is just that in the state of Oklahoma. When you think about OU football, you don't really think about Bob Stoops. You don't really think about Bud Wilkinson. You think about Barry Switzer because of his colorful personality, the way that he was able to recruit, and let's not forget winning national championships at Oklahoma, running the bone, really putting out some of the old-timers' favorite college football teams. And then for me, the last one is Jimmy Johnson, who is my favorite college football coach. Like, I would play for Jimmy Johnson. The stories that are told about Jimmy Johnson, the way in which his players were allowed to play, the way in which he decided to coach the team, saying, I'm going to treat you all fair, but I'm not going to treat you all the same. He only asked him to go win. 
be as flamboyant and as fun as you would very much like to be. Just go win. I'll take care of the rest. And he did. He made Miami really a place where kids from South Florida wanted to go to school. And that's not an easy reach at a private institution that really, really loves to hold up its academic standards, but also one in which other teams were scared to play Miami. My favorite Miami game that Jamie Johnson coached has to be the game against Arkansas and I believe 1988, okay? So Jimmy had gone to Arkansas. He played football there. He was on the 1964 National Championship team. He coached defensive line there, coached uh, as a defensive coordinator there, and he was passed over for Lou Holtz when he thought he should have the job. Ends up going to work for Jackie Sherrill at Pitt, goes to Oklahoma State where he also was coaching the team. He worked with Barry Switzer at Oklahoma for a little while. But then that job came open again. He got passed over again. And this time, when he had opportunity to schedule Arkansas at a time when they lost a the game and Arkansas had lost a game, he ran up the score, 51-7. to seven. That seven, Arkansas didn't score until there were three minutes left in the game, which is another way of saying Jimmy never forgot, and his players wanted to vindicate him for what he had done in choosing Miami and really wanted to stick it to Arkansas. I want to play for that kind of a coach. All right, but... The reason that we wanted to do this segment is I wanted to hear what you, the fans, had to say about who you would put on your college football Mount Rushmore. And to help facilitate that, I want to bring in producer Cat. Producer Cat, how you doing? Check out that new animation. Isn't that it's so fantastic. cool? I love it. Yes. Love it, love it, love it. Um, I'm good. How are you? I'm getting there. I'm okay. always getting there. That's my phrase. That's my phrase. Yeah, that is your phrase. You say that every single time I talk to you. <laughs> um, yeah, so basically you put out a question that asked, who are the four coaches that would be on your CFB Mount Rushmore? We got a lot of responses. What I tried to do was, you know, you got a lot of the same answers that you put. So I tried to pick ones that would be different and also ones that would bring up, you know, good talking points for us to discuss. So I want to start off with this first one from Ron, who said... Newt Rockney, Bud Wilkinson, Bear Bryant, Nick Saban. There are three guys there, right, that were coaching before integration and a couple that went into integration. So I'm, I'm with that. Bear Bryant, I really thought about because there is no Nick Saban at Alabama. If there's no Bear Bryant at Alabama, even though he had got started doing what he was doing at AM in Kentucky, I should get there. I don't have a problem with Bud Wilkinson. You know, that 47 straight probably will never be broken again. I'd also add that it's pre-integration. The rest is kind of, you could keep it. Like, I, I would keep Newt Rogney here, if for no other reason but showmanship. Like, I will tease producer Tyler, who we'll talk to a little bit later in the show, about how Newt Rogney would basically go up to people and say, so how, how much would it take for you to vote Notre Dame into, you know, top five of your ballot? And then you had a bunch of guys that grew up in the Northeast that covered Notre Dame from the area that liked Notre Dame. And, this is why we end up talking about the teams that people think are popular as teams that we think are good. But it's really difficult to cut out Newt Rockney or Notre Dame from anything related to college football. I'm really going to ride for Era Parsegian on this one, even if he did sit on the ball against Michigan State to try to win a national championship. But I'd let it slide. I wanted to hear what you had to say about Bear Bryant not being on your list. I understand mm. it. I understand it. I, I think Nick Saban is a better college football coach than Bear Bryant. I'm sorry. I know that people will say, well, there would be no Nick if we didn't have Bear. And it's like, okay, maybe that's true. But also, Nick Saban has won more titles. So 
That is why Nick I would Saban, also, I think, is on the Rushmore. Yeah, no, I, I get that, right? The more titles and there's no Bear Bryant, but it's about how we remember right. Bear Bryant, right? It's, for instance, the Alabama-USC game goes down in history as, for at least Alabama, the one that convinced Alabama that they needed to integrate the football team. Sam Bam Cunningham has four touchdowns in the game. We talked about it a lot on this show and did a segment when he passed away last year. But there's also just this aura around Bear Bryant. Then I'll look at some of the teams that he coached. Not bad. You got Kenny Stable over there. You got Joe Namath over there. But I think we remember Bear Bryant positively because of how long it's been since we got to talk any Bear Bryant. And then there's that story about he passed away almost immediately after retiring from coaching football, which is to say that he was very much married to the game and the game meant a lot to him. That's got to mean something. Also, the houndtooth hat, right? People get to he, wear those he now is and legendary. not get out. He is legendary. I don't want to say that he's not. I just think Nick Saban deserves it more than Bear Bryant, which is why I wanted to include that one. And I think you agree with me because you didn't put him on yours. So, it, But it's worth mentioning. It's worth mentioning. So this next one we have is from um, Jason C. Johnson. So he agrees with a lot of yours. He said Barry Switzer, Tom Osborne, Jimmy Johnson, and Nick Saban. Tom Osborne obviously did not make my rush. Uh, the problem with this is a lot of teams in the 80s that probably should have won national championships, probably should have beat Bobby Bowden more than once. You know, But you also have to remember the 1995 Nebraska team for some people, is the greatest college football team ever. Full stop. Like, for me, it's going to be between 2018 Clemson, 2019 LSU, 95 Nebraska, and 45 Army. That's a wide range, and there's lots of different eras there, but what Tom Osborne means to Nebraska, forget about it, right? But do does he himself belong on Rushmore? I don't think so, man. I would, why Jimmy Johnson is there, because I think he was a better coach, and he means more what college football is. And that's what Rushmore is for me, right? What did you culturally change about the sport? Why do people talk about you aside from winning football games, right? Jimmy Johnson made it cool to be flamboyant. He made it cool to have a good time. Tom Osborne's not necessarily saying you can't have a good time, but you're definitely going to play Nebraska football while you're there. If anything, I think Tom Osborne is on the same stage as, say, Hayden Fry, or even today, I think the, the comp is Kirk Ferentz, someone for which you revere who is legendary in his community, is legendary at the program, but not necessarily someone that I would put on. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Kirk Ferentz is a good comp. I like that. Uh, so this last one is from Chris. Sabin, Meyer, Bowden, Stoops. Only did coaches I was alive for, which I like. I like I that. I respect that. Yeah. I respect that. No, I respect that. It's difficult to argue about Bobby Bowden because he had a similar influence to Florida State that Jimmy Johnson had at Miami. But I would also continue to say that one of the reasons that Bobby Bowden got to coach like he did at Florida State is because Jimmy Johnson and Howard Schnellenberger before him were doing that at Miami, and that became cool. Only later did we see Florida finally adopt, right, with Steve Spurrier going, no, we're just going to throw the ball. We're going to run it up. If you don't like us running it up, stop us, right? Bob Stoops was defense coordinator for him during that three-year stretch where I think they get 32-5. and five. What Bob Stoops means to Oklahoma is, you know, again, on par with Tom Osborne, right? The reason that we don't talk about him the way we talk about Barry Switzer is obviously about the national championships, but a stat that I was reading just this morning as I was doing more of my preseason prep, Oklahoma is the winningest program by, by wins over the last 20 years 
period. Like, it's the best. 215 wins in the last 20 years and not a single national title to show for it. That's the reason it's hard, right? It's difficult. Uh, Urban Meyer, and as far as winning percentage, I mean, forget about it. Like, that's, it's him. Everywhere he went, he won football games. He won a national championship at Florida, won a national championship at Ohio State. Utah was nothing to sneeze at, right? And even Bowling Green was pretty doggone good when he was head coach there. I'm not going to put him on Rushmore because, frankly, I think Nick Saban's a better football coach, and I'm probably going to get yelled at for that. But what Nick Saban has done over the last 15 years, frankly, Urban Meyer did not, right? And then we talked about Saban. He's on there for me. You know, like that's – how are we going to talk about Nick Saban 30 years from now, do you think, Kat? Like that's what I keep thinking about as I'm I worried. know so much are about we- him. Are we going to talk about Nick Saban like we talk about Bear Bryant now? You know? I don't think so. He ha- I, he's, I, he is the best. Mm. It is not up for debate. Coming from a Tennessee fan, he is the best coach to ever do it. I think he's better than Belichick NFL-wise. Best coach ever. You, you know, Bill might first. actually say that you're right. right? <laughs> he might. Like, he might. They—, they have a really cool friendship. Like I, I really enjoy hearing how those guys interact. Like I watched this Belichick Saban doc on HBO, like most people did. But my favorite part is the end when they have all the camera guys that are in Saban's office. The Belichick come out and they wanted to film it. And Saban, before they start talking, said, "Hey, can you guys give us the room? Can you leave? We, we haven't talked in a while. We just like to catch up." And I said, "Cool." But they kept like this corner camera running. And Saban comes out and says, "So when you guys run cut." Like, what do you, he immediately goes into football speak. Not how's your family doing? Not, not how are you doing? What are you doing when you guys run this play? Yeah, they only have one thing on the brain. That's why they're yeah. the best. Yeah. Ridiculous. That's why they're the best. So we haven't done a we out you in a while. So I wanted mm. to cover more than one topic. And we also know that you, RJ, as a person, you've got a lot of football jerseys. Got a lot of those things in your closet. So I had to tweet out a, 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 a topic to people um, saying, what is the best TV slash movie football jersey of all time? Because I thought this would be fun for us to discuss on the show. So I just wanted to quickly run through what some of the responses were, and we'll see how many of these are in your closet. <laughs> um, our first one from Kevin is the wonderful uh, Shane Falco. I have that jersey. I also have his Johnny Utah jersey where he played at Ohio State. So we have a universe in which Keanu Reeves has played for Ohio State at quarterback and lost a lot of money on that Sugar Bowl, right, in the replacements. I kind of want that to be the same school. I just I just do. And then uh, that replacements jersey is is awesome. It's a lot, a lot of red in it. But here's the thing. I wanted the Shane Falco jersey because great speech at the end. Kick dig scars. Glory lasts forever. You know, they go win the football game. But also in there, I really love Clifford Franklin. And I really love Earl Wilkinson. And I can't find those jerseys. They're very difficult to come by. But Clifford Franklin with the stick on his hands. And Earl Wilkinson, that's a nice watch. Yeah, uh, doesn't even work anymore. Or, hey, Danny Bateman going, you better give it to Wilkinson. As the, he's a cop. And he's saying this about a guy who's in jail. Going to jail. And I love that. I just... I love all of that movie because it is more or less why I love the sport. You could see people that really love playing football and will do anything to have the opportunity to play professional football 
and what that shows about their character. Kane was that guy, right? So I have that one. It's a great jersey. Yeah, if I remember correctly, I think you wore that one to Pac-12 Media Days. and You got lots of compliments. Um, our next one here is from Scott, and he has, you know, Mr. Paul Crew. Um, okay, so superstar, that dude. I have this jersey, right? I also have Megat, um, who's running back. But caretaker in the original, there are two. Uh, Adam Sandler's not necessarily doing it for me as Paul Crew. Burt Reynolds is my Paul Crew, and I'm sure the old heads are like, this is why I like you, RJ. I'm not going to pretend that the dude didn't go to prison. I'm not going to pre- pretend that the dude didn't need to be in prison. But also, prisoners versus guards, I think everybody has that as some sort of fantasy somewhere, kind of like you know, students versus teachers or what have you, coaches versus players. That 18 is doing a lot of work for him, right? Because Peyton Manning wore 18, as you very well know, Kat, and we all think, oh, okay, cool, that's a quarterback's jersey. I understand. Also, that jersey is a dead ringer for the Houston Gamblers jersey. And that black and red and white is doing so much work. It's awesome. And what's better than being called a mean machine, right? Wow. I had not seen the, the gamblers. Now that you point that out, that's all I see. That's so funny. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I don't want to spend too much time on that, but that is funny. They do look very similar. So the, our next one is from, um, his name is Greedy Grandpa on the Twitters. Um, but he, he had Mr. Bobby Boucher. I own two of these jerseys. One is red, uh, orange, one is blue. And I also have a blue t-shirt uh, SCLSU jersey that I wear out because I don't want to wear out my Waterboy jersey all the time. But this is the one for which I, like I like you, Kat, we got so many people having things to say about that being their guy. I think we were asking their favorite football TV movie character, and everybody was saying Bobby Boucher. I like the movie. I love his mama most. I love his girlfriend even more, right? And I also love that you got LT to come in there and said, which brings me to my next point. Don't do drugs. I, I, I fell out laughing. But yes, it's an outstanding jersey. Also, how often do we get to see a great linebacker wear a single digit? Good point. Good point. Yeah, we got that easily the most when we asked mm. that question to players at media days they all said bobby boucher it, it it wasn't it wasn't even close i remember you would get frustrated because it would all say the same thing and i was like well if that's a favorite that's a favorite um okay so our last one is from um rn is his twitter name uh but this is a personal favorite for me but he said remember the titans as a that's a team that's not a jersey it's not I a character think- no, you're right. You're right. But I think maybe it's just all of them. The whole, all of them. Pick a, pick a all, character. All Sunshine, Petey, anyone. It's all Julius, Gary. It's all of them. Uh, look, I usually, right, have things to say about Remember the Titans. But T.C. Williams is a real school, and it did a lot in the state of Virginia to integrate the state, let alone the football team. And then that football team is historic because they go undefeated in a year where they could not afford to lose. Kind of gets that what they expected out of Herman Boone. But the way that Denzel Washington chooses to play that character, I love that, right? From lines like, you're overcooking my grits, coach. Like, I just, that stuff speaks to me and how I grew up because Virginia's the South, for 
folks that don't, right? You could go from Virginia to Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, and not miss anything. That's how that goes. I also enjoy one Julius Campbell because that dude could absolutely play football, was super talented, and all he wanted was to follow behind a man who needed to earn his leadership. And that's what happened, right? This is also a personal favorite of yours, Kat, and I got to ask you, if you got to wear one of these jerseys, which one are you wearing? One. That's an impossible question that you just asked me right now. It's got, I think it's for me, it's got to be, it's got to be either Julius or Gary. Mm. I think it's Gary. I think it's Gary. For, I, I think so. I think it's Gary. I would go get an Allen jersey if I could, because it takes so much of yourself to say, I'm bad. Can we play somebody who's good? <laughs> and then your coach to tell you, if you want him to have your spot, you go give it to him. That is an interesting then, take that I have never heard before. Serious. Like, you know this about me, if, if nothing else, Kat. I'm a proud man, right? I, yeah. I want to succeed. But to also understand for, for the team to succeed is for me to take a step back, but also give the gift of, hey, man, go win us a football game. I mean, Petey ain't got no choice. And then the way they use music in that movie in particular, oh, by the way, just the soundtrack. In the, sky. the soundtrack. Yeah. Okay, here's so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna break the rules a little bit. I'm gonna give away the next thing that we're doing in the show, but we're about to me and Tyler, producer Tyler are about to switch chairs and we're gonna bring him on to do a, a fun fantasy movie TV sheet TV show football draft. But it was going to be me originally doing this, and I was going to do a bit where I picked all remember the Titans people. And I was like, that's not a good bit because RJ will catch on immediately and then it will just get repetitive and boring. So I, I, I'm going to have Tyler switch and do that. But I wanted to do that bit and I wanted you to know that I was going to do that bit. And then I decided not to, much like the guy being like, I am not the best person to play this position. Switch us out. No, hey, look, uh, again, the things that we are willing to do to try to play to our strengths and allow each other to play to their strengths is one of the reasons I love this staff, honestly. Um, I also, one more about the, remember the Titans, blue needs a, somebody find me a blue jersey, like mm. find me an Allen jersey, find me a blue jersey. Coach, want to tell you, we going to warm up a little different tonight. All right. So when I played at Booker T. Washington High School uh, down the street in Tulsa, we used to warm up to Archie's We Ready, mm. right? So this is 2003. This is a couple of years after Remember the Titans comes out. And now it's one of those things where everybody has a pregame dance routine. Some teams even still do the haka. I, I don't think if you are outside of Fiji or New Zealand, you should be allowed to do the haka, but people do it, right? And the idea that you have a song that you will warm up to, I just, I really love aspects of this. I don't necessarily like the way that it makes uh, this really intense and hard problem seem easy, but like you, there are things that I very much enjoy about. Well, now I think it's time for us to switch chairs. So you can explain to the people while Tyler and I switch what you guys are going to be doing in the next segment. Right on. So one, thank you to producer Kat for putting that together because that's, I love talking about fictional movie and TV characters. Two, I'm shocked at just who y'all did not mention in as far as the jerseys that you would wear for football and TV movie jerseys. We'll go through a few of those as producer Tyler and I are going to sit down 
and we are going to draft our fantasy football team, if you will. So we're going to pick a quarterback, a running back, a wide receiver or offensive lineman or tight end or all three, depending on how far we want to take this, an all-time defense or defender, and then we're going to pick a head coach. So this is myself, producer Tyler. We're going to have a good time. I would love to know, by the way, on the Twitters, on the Instagrams, in Facebook, who would you draft for your all-time fantasy football team? Quarterback, running back, wide receiver, offensive lineman, tight end, all-time defense, and head coach. Let us know in the comments on the tweet. Now, go draft some football players. And now that Kat has switched chairs with Tyler, I want to welcome in our associate producer, Tyler Wojak. Tyler, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. Basically locked myself in the film room lately to get ready for this, but uh, my big board is finalized. I'm ready to go. I love this. I love this. Now, I'm going off of pure memory because I've seen every last one of these movies at least 12 times. But again, we're going to draft a quarterback, a running back, a wide receiver, offensive lineman, or tight end, or all three, an all-time defender, and a head coach from movies or TV shows that feature football. Okay. So I'm going to go first because I want to. And I'm also a little annoyed that nobody picked Willie Beeman for a jersey or mentioned any given Sunday, which is an outstanding football movie with the finest two minute speech that was ever not given in real life. I mean, Al Pacino doing absolute work there, but also it's steaming Willie Beeman playing, changing the play in the huddle. You know what I mean? That's, that's got to be my guy when the play breaks down. I know that the dude's going to run out there like, you know, he's carrying the ball like a loaf of bread, but so did Mike Vick. You know what I'm saying? I'm passionate about this, Tyler. You could see. I'm very passionate about Willie Beeman being a starting quarterback. What do you think? I like the pick. I was a little bit confused in the first game that they show where Willie Beeman is just reading the newspaper on the sideline during a game. I mean, even <laughs> if you're not starting, you would think that you'd be somewhat tuned into the game. But then he went from that to leading the Miami Sharks, so I think it's a good pick. This play card's upside down. <laughs> No, it's great. When you got that kind of natural ability, I guess that's what you do. Yeah, like why even prepare? He's Why need to get ready when you just stay ready like Willie Beeman? So I'm cool with it. I like it. Okay, so who did you select for quarterback? I went with Paul Wrecking Crew. Uh, NFL experience at the most important position. Gotta love that. There's some concerns about him potentially shaving points, but I think at this point, gambling is so mainstream. We, as a team collectively, will all put our money on the money line in whatever game we play. So we'll just bet on ourselves to win. And who better to lead that than uh, Paul Crew? Hey, man, uh, I can't argue about the talent there. Just know that like Ferrari and Red Bull, I'm going to challenge every single time. Say, hey, something he's doing out there just doesn't, it doesn't fit for me. You look at the history of this guy. You know what I'm saying? This guy did time. Why are we, why are we letting this guy play football? But, you know, talent, I understand. If you want a talented quarterback, you go with Paul Wrecking Crew. I also am going to – the man's propensity to not call a foul, also, I like. Yeah, you know I mean? Yeah, if you're going to go athlete, out there and you're going to get hacked. Multi-sport athlete. I like it. I would hope so. I would hope so. At this stage of the game, why aren't we all multi-sport athletes? Okay, so moving to running back. I'm going a little bit out of the box here. Okay? I'm going to draft. Becky the Icebox O'Shea. Now, some of you would tell me, hey, RJ, that's a linebacker. I'm like, hell yeah, it's a linebacker. She's playing both ways. 
but I also love her seven and a half yards deep, right? Handing the ball can carry out one hell of a fake. We'll also be able to throw the ball down the field. I got to do everything back back there. I think I got Bo Jackson wearing 56. What do you think? I wasn't expecting a Bo Jackson comp, but I do love the pick. I love the versatility at running back. Uh, I think I kind of went in a similar vein here. I went with Booby Miles. Uh, as you know, he, Booby can block, he can tackle, he can score a touchdown, snap the ball, and kick the extra point. So I like it. I like having a running back that can do a bunch of different things, and I think we're on the same page. I just want to know, um, what did the doc say about his surgically repaired knee? Well, I'm not concerned about the doc's opinion because clearly someone from Midland Lee was paying him. So, <laughs> I mean, that whole, that's, that whole scene, like, I wonder who is paying him. Just like Booby asked multiple times. Hey, look, and if nothing else, you got a great coach on the sideline because given Don Billingsley pointers on, you know, how not to fumble and how not to have Tim McGraw coming out there and smacking him around. That's got to be great life advice, if nothing else. Hey, this is how you get good with your daddy. Your daddy gives you a state championship <laughs> ring because you were able to hang on to the ball. Now, the laundry being on the field, that's one thing. But uh, also to the point, <laughs> who's paying you? I love that. I'm sorry, because that fits. That fits everything we know and love about West Texas high school football. Of course, somebody's paying him. And of course, you're deciding who goes to the playoffs on a coin toss. Yes, great pick for Booby Miles. All right, James to his friends and family. James. All right. Now we're getting a little wonk too because we're getting into our wide receivers, offensive linemen, tight ends. So when I originally did this, I was thinking it might be hard to pick one of each. And then I started thinking about it and I was wrong. So I'm going to go in succession here. My wide receiver pick is the Rod Tidwell who makes miracles happen. Also goes over the middle, which you just don't see anymore for obvious reasons. Then I'm going with an offensive lineman. I'm going with Manu Manu the Slender. Because when you absolutely need to go get those five, six, seven yards, and you got a center who says, follow me, Mr. Blake, hell yeah, I'm doing that. Also, my man is a gentleman, right? Kicking all the dudes out of the locker room so that Kathy Ireland can go shower in peace. I really love that. That is the kind of center that I want, kind of offensive lineman that I want on my team. And then, tight end, I'm going to go ahead and select Brian Murphy, who might be the greatest tight end nobody ever saw play. And the reason that he didn't get selected earlier, I'm sure, is because we don't have enough men on the sidelines who know American Sign Language. Because if you knew somebody that knew American Sign Language, this is easy. This is a pass-catchy tight end like you read about. I have just taken Travis Kelsey is what I have done here, okay? I got Antonio Gates out here. Got hands. I got blocking power. And for all the signs that we actually see dudes signing in for plays, it shocks me that we don't have enough coaches on the sideline who know him ASL. So I'm going to go with Rod Tidwell, Manu Manu Lislender, and Brian Murphy. What do you think, Tyler? I love those picks. To be honest, you picked two of the guys I wanted on my team in Tidwell and Murphy. Um, there's not that many high-profile tight ends, I would say, in uh, football movies. It's sort of a lost position, but Murphy was the centerpiece there. Uh, and the replacements, Shane Falco's favorite target. So love that. And Tidwell, love his personality. I like a little diva in my receiver. And he's he wanted money. He wanted the attention. So great picks all around. So you said I selected two guys that you had on the board, which I'm proud of. But who did you end up going with? All right. So at receiver, I got Charlie Tweeter from Varsity Blues. Um, the best receivers are usually a very like a little bit delusional. I think Tweeter certainly fits that mold. Um, at 
At lineman, I got Turley from the Adam Sandler longest yard. He's a mountain of a man. I think he looks about 6'8", uh, 290 pounds with 5% body fat. Uh, he's a killer on the field, and he might actually be a killer in real life because they show him in like solitary confinement, bang his head up against the wall. Uh, that's some serial killer behavior right there. I wouldn't mess with them. And at tight end, uh, I went with Air Bud. Uh, Air Bud can do it all. Speaking of multi-sport athletes, um, in the trenches, usually the low man wins. It'd be hard for me to imagine many defensive linemen getting a lower pad level than Air Bud. And he's athletic enough to make plays on the outside. I think he can, you know, win a jump ball. And he's going to be good for team morale. I, like I said, I, I just drafted a potential killer. Uh, so having a good boy in the locker room will probably do good things for team morale and chemistry. I got to say, you got an absolute criminal, criminal on one end. <laughs> you have a guy that his teammate thinks he's going to go to jail in, on the, in the middle. And then you got, you know, the golden retriever out there on the side. Look, I want to know what the 40 time is. For Air Bud, because I got to believe with four legs instead of two, you're just flying, right? Yeah, At this point, can your man crew throw the ball that far that quickly? In that case, he would have a Randy Moss problem. I like that. Tweeter, all right, cool. I mean, I don't need Charlie Tweeter to be my, my oop to oop. I just, maybe it's just I don't like you downplay or talking noise to my man, Billy Bob, okay? That's fair. My man, Billy Bob, was asking the right questions. I'm not an eligible receiver, right? And then they got to go back to the huddle, let him know what he's doing. But can't argue with his prowess, can't argue with his ability to catch the ball. I am going to say, hey, look, as soon as everybody decided that they weren't going to play for Kilmer, he was on the right side of history there. So I don't think you're going to have dissension in your locker room. I think you took at least one guy that is going to be able to control the locker room entirely. You took another guy who's going to be your face at a presser, and you took a t- uh, locker room guy in Twitter. I, I can get behind all of that. All right. My defense. Again, I thought it was going to be hard to draft just one player for defense because, you know, like people, football movies tend to favor the offense. But I was wrong. Right? I mentioned earlier, I taking Earl Wilkinson. I mean, that's an all-pro safety. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, they took – the governor let that dude out of prison to go play football, which, one – is a very Jesus Shuttlesworth kind of take there, right? Where you got the warden saying, hey, the governor's very interested in your son going to big state. That's essentially what you're doing with Earl Wilkinson. So you know that Jimmy McGinty has a great safety back there who's got absolute hands. I mean, it's basically Ed Reed in the backfield. And y'all know what Ed Reed is. Ed Reed is the greatest safety of all time. Now I got Ed Reed light. And he also went with Alvin Mack, who is perhaps the great middle linebacker of middle linebackers. Hey, kill them all. Let the paramedics sort him out. Also, my man is a film junkie. That dude is in there on the projector. He knows what's coming. He knows what his assignment is. He knows what your assignment is. That is the kind of linebacker that I want captaining my defense. Also, unlike your man Steve Latimer, he's all natural, baby. Okay? You ain't got to worry about Alvin Mack having to take a needle in the arm to get bigger. He's already got all of this. He understands what his role is. And he's trying to let you understand what your role is while also, hey, cooking up great stories to feed the energy. You know, I mean, we got a linebacker talking to a running back back there talking about, hey, man, you the dude that stole my mama's purse. And, and hey, man, you know, I never met your mother. And then, you know, it's, it's over for that man, because as soon as he bought into the story that Alvin Mack is telling, it's a wrap. I feel like if I have that for every single play, 80 plays a game, we win it. And then last or I got to say last, I got two. I got Andre Krim, right, from 
Necessary roughness. Andre does not eat raw meat because Andre is a vegetarian. Really loves Sinbad playing that character. Also, my man understands astrophysics, plays the line. We need somebody that can get Charlie Bateman through this, okay? Or uh, Jason Bateman, excuse me. We need him to somebody that can get him eligible to play running back. I got that in defensive end, and I got an All-American defensive end. We good here. And then I got Stefan Georgievich. Now, this is controversial because Georgievich doesn't go for the ball. He goes for the tackle. And Nickerson never let him forget it so much so that he didn't make. Look, my man wanted to go to Caltech, get an engineering scholarship, wanted to do it the right way. He wanted to go to college for the right reasons. And this is an example of a coach getting in his way. He fought through that. I also have every one of these jerseys. I just need to go ahead and mention that. Every jersey here I have, right? So, Stefan Georgievich is in the closet. Andre Krimmel is really, really hard to come by. Uh, Paul Blake's in the closet. Alvin Mack, really, really hard to come by, but it's in the closet. Earl Wilkinson, really, really hard to come by. I'm going to get it made up in the closet, so I don't have them all. I have Shane Falco. I have a, uh, a movie jersey from every one of these movies in the closet. I just, I really want to have Stefan Georgievich on the team because I also know that that dude goes on to be a Navy fighter pilot and then eventually the Navy fighter pilot. And this gave me another opportunity to mention how much I really enjoy Top Gun Maverick. I'm up to seven watches, Tyler. That's 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 where we're at right now. You've seen this, yes? Yeah, I've seen it. You you paid uh, to go see it seven times. I'm a dude. I'm, I'm a gearhead. hey. No shame here. I I, I like, like it. I, just, I love look, the movie. I, I'm a gearhead. Like planes, bikes, sports cars. I'm here for it. And you come on, a me and pop culture. You st- <laughs> I wore a Top Gun jacket on the set, dude. Like you did. <laughs> That's who I am. Who do you have playing defense? So I feel like you and everyone else who works on the show might expect me to go with Rudy here, given the fact that, like Rudy, I transferred from Holy Cross to Notre Dame. So I can empathize with his struggle. Um, but I'm really not in the market for a five foot nothing, 100 nothing defensive <laughs> lineman with hardly a speck of athletic ability. I've got no use for that on this roster, so I'm not going to go with him. Uh, I'm going to go with Ivory, Preacher Man, Christian, and Julius Campbell on the defensive line. I've got a lot of big personalities on this team. I think Preacher Man is a quiet, uh, he's a leader who's going to keep his guys in check. And then so I got him um, at the weak side, and then I got Julius Campbell manning the strong side. Feel very good about my defensive line there. And at middle linebacker, I'm going with Bobby Boucher. It's very rare that you see a middle linebacker turn an entire college football program around from I think they were winless. The Mud Dogs couldn't win a game, and then somehow they add a linebacker, and they're going to the championship. Somehow he was so good that he fixed their offensive struggles as well, despite not playing offense. So I'm going to go with Boucher, a middle linebacker. And then uh, in the defensive backfield, I got Petey Jones, a natural running back who came in for Ryan Gosling, who's like a complete liability at corner. Coach O's had to get him out. He put Petey Jones in. He's like, look, I've got no one else. So I'm putting in a running back back there. And what did he do? He put the clamps on the receivers, helped them win the championship. So uh, I really like my defense, if you can't tell. It's, it's outstanding, quite honestly. You got, a, you got an all-state, all-American, right, and Julius Campbell at end. I really like the quiet fire that Christian plays with because he doesn't have much to say. So I was like, hey, he's, he's more internal. And then there he is in the state championship against Dallas Carter going, this is my edge. This is my yep. edge. And I'm going, all right, so, so you do have some dog in you. Also, what kind of defensive end are you if you have the ability to drop back and pass coverage, right, and then go put your hands on the ball and come down with it? 
take it off to the promised land. You know, that's what the preacher man did. For sure. I also really enjoy uh, this this Bobby Boucher bent that you're on because you notice what I noticed, which, hey, that offense still sucks, right? Apparently, yeah. Uh, apparently not. Petey, cool. I mean, look, we all need a defense because to your point about having a diva in your backfield, right? In, in, at wide receiver, you got a diva in your defensive backfield, but you got a diva that can absolutely go play. I, there's Deion Sanders aspect to all of this, right? Where we're going to put sure. up with this because you are our dominant corner. We can line you up in the nickel. We can line you up at safety. We know that you're going to go get us the ball. Also, covered it up and didn't let it go after having a, a case of the fumbles. That man was putting the ball yeah. on the carpet at running back. So I know that you're talking about converting a running back to defensive back, but maybe we always had a defensive back playing running back is the way I tend to see that. Yeah, and he's well conditioned too. After all that running he had to do after his fumbles in, in training camp. I also want to point out uh, with Preacher Man, he gave maybe, you said uh, Tony D gave the best two-minute speech in football mm. movie history. Preacher Man at halftime of the state championship, when he finally speaks up, I get chills every time. So when he does speak up, people listen. Hey, man, uh, it, that's something to be said, right? When you need a voice in the room to carry the room, one of the things that I hear coaches talk about that I think I just underrate is Hey, I need the person to be a vocal leader, not just a leader on the field. I'm going, usually you're trying to get that to go the other way, right? Nah, that's that's a very good well, a character assessment by you, quite honestly. From I gotta, <laughs> you. Wait, What are you up to? Two dozen watches of Friday Night Lights now? <sighs> All time? <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, we're more than two dozen. He said we're more than two Well, I'm going to watch it after, after we do this, honestly. Once I'm done with work today, I'm probably going to watch again. All this talk about it. Gets me pretty hyped up. I mean, there's just nothing like that movie. I, I would put that movie against any, not just football movie, any sports movie, period. That's I'm going to crank that up a little bit and say that Buzz Bissinger wrote the best sports book of all time. Phenomenal. Yep. It's, it is amazing. It is, it is everything that I wanted to know and love. He just, I mean, he'd be the first person to tell you he caught lightning in a bottle with that book and that he totally. chose to go down there. They had the season they had and he was given the access he was given and then he flipped it into what it became. Just an outstanding book. All right. We're on to our head coaches, right? One of the things that football movies do give you is a ton of head coaches to choose from, right? I wanted to go with somebody that I know could speak the language of the players that he is coaching. Someone whose offense I know is going to fit the modern game. I wanted to find some version of Sean McVay, right? I mean... Until about November of 2021, I would have said I wanted to find one version of another sort of coach that is in the Sean McVay character scale. So I went with Lance Harbor. Look, former quarterback, had a scholarship to Florida State. We all know he could play. He has the respect of his teammates. He has the respect of administration. He has the respect of me, the general manager. I'm identifying him because I want a high-flying, fun offense. Look. We want to run the oop-de-oop. One of the great things about running the oop-de-oop is we just need five wide receivers to do it. We don't need five great wide receivers. We need five dudes that can play. And as a air raid enthusiast, love me some How Mummy air raid. I'm going to say that not every one of the guys that I end up drafting in the later rounds is going to be on par with Rod Tidwell, right? I, I'm, I'm cognizant of that. I might need to ask Earl Wilkinson to go both ways. But I can get out there with three dudes I can pull off the street as long as I got Lance Harbor calling the plays for me, putting us in the right situations. I feel good about this as a head coach selection. What do you think, Tyler? Yeah, I like the pick. I think players, mm -hmm. coaches, um, 
way more important now these days. And like you mentioned, you you have a lot of personalities on the team. I think Harbour is going to be able to relate to the guys. He's a very smart football mind as well. So that's a really strong pick. Right on. So head coach, you do something similar? So I'm going to go with Tony D uh, from any given Sunday. Like I mentioned. Yamato! Yeah. I've got a lot of egos on this team. I've got two convicted felons in Crew and Turley and one likely future felon in Tweeter. Um, I've got a dog. I've got a water boy. And I've got like a few high schoolers as well. So whole mix of personalities. Um, I thought Tony D did a good job of that with the Miami Sharks. Your boy, Willie Beeman. He got him in line. And, and just the all the guys on that team were a little bit crazy. He managed to lead them. And plus he was dealing with, you know, ownership, giving them house. So I really like how he was able to manage it all. I mean, sure, sometimes it might have affected his personal life, but he got through it, led the Miami Sharks. So I think he's the perfect coach to lead my group. Yeah, I mean, especially if you got an expansion team, something you're building from scratch, he's the perfect dude to do that. Um, I have his quarterback, so, I, you know, you're, again, yeah, you, got, of you got an older has-been as your quarterback, and you're going to have to deal with that. I hope you go get a high-flying offensive coordinator. You know, maybe get Jim Brown to coordinate your defense, put the band back together. I don't know if Nick Crozier's doing something. Maybe he's on somebody else's staff. I doubt that he's remained a head coach. He just doesn't seem like he has the temperament to carry that off. But overall, really great team. Really great team. Appreciate uh, it. Now I've, I had a, I've, I've been talking noise the whole time, and this is so much fun because I really do give a damn about each one of these players in each one of these movies. And I really enjoy chopping it up with anybody, especially a friend like Tyler, who really does enjoy these movies, too. Uh, probably, we, I would say, I enjoy them too much. I'm not going to speak for you. Um, I'm just lacking again, the jerseys. Yeah. Look, th- look, this is, what, 12 years of me just going, ooh, something new popped up on Bonanza. That's a Bel Air Academy jersey. I must have it. Oh, there's Jesus Shuttlesworth. I must have it. And now I don't really wear them anywhere as much i think it's going to be one of those things where my my goddaughters grow up and they see all these jerseys in the closet and gonna be like yo goddad what the hell why why are you holding out on us or so i hope i hope hey, we'll see. if you if you ever decide to sell them go to like any college day party and set up a stand and you could sell them you'd make hundreds upon hundreds and hundreds of dollars I'm assuming that jerseys are still in oh yeah wow Big, okay. big college like day party move is to wear a jersey, or at least it was when I was in college, which wasn't that long ago. So if that's still a thing, and like whenever you decide, if you decide to sell them, I'm telling you, you'd make a killing. I'm saying, man, like we've been talking about football movies and whatnot, and I just, Crash Davis is over there, Jimmy Dugan's over there. I, I, I got more jerseys than I, I forgot with some of the jerseys that I had because I had to go and take a look just to see what I had. So one of the things that I thought was very cool about just what the show is doing and how well we're doing and how much we really love y'all is we get to give away movie jerseys. Now we did this last year uh, for Justin Fields and a Chicago Bears jersey, but this year we're able to give away two Bobby Boucher jerseys and a Julius Campbell jersey. So that is two Waterboy jerseys and a Remember the Titans jersey. And we're going to tell everyone the rules for how you can win one of these jerseys very shortly. We'll have this out on social. So be on the lookout for those things. I'll be loud about it and let you know when it's going on. And I'm sure that if you watch or listen to the show, you probably follow me on social, or at least follow the number one ranked show account on social. And that's where you can find all of these things. But I'm very excited about this because we were able to give away a Booby Miles jersey. We were able to give away a Justin Fields jersey. And now we're going to be able to give away 
two Bobby Boucher jerseys and one Julius Campbell jersey. Very excited about it. And hopefully we get to do more of this throughout the season and we make this a reoccurring thing. Again, this is all because you listen, you watch, you enjoy the show. You will allow us to indulge in a bit of off-season fun like, hey, drafting a fantasy football team. Very excited about that. Again, my thanks to producer Kat for help put together this really cool We Out You segment and to you for wanting to participate. My thanks to producer Tyler for just jamming with me for a little while about our favorite movie characters from football movies and really enjoying these stories because, again, this is why I love what I do. I get to experience these stories. I get to experience people. And I get to talk about it here on this show. Really, I have the best job. All right. That is going to do it for me. My thanks, as always, to Deuce Cat, Deuce Tyler. Our social media maven is Javion Duncan. Our director is John Marcus. Our lead of screening is Rachel Cohn. Yes, I'm the host. We'll see y'all, well, in a couple of weeks. Deuces.